Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I am so excited to be back with Carolyn Sue for the love of running. Here we are. I'm so excited, Carolyn Sue. We are here. We are presented by Tracksmith, as always, every month. And I can't wait to get into it with you. Part of the reason we're doing this is because we have, it seems like, a lot of parallels in our lives. We say this every time. Um, and it's no different today. Where I'm actually recording this before I drop my kid off at camp. And I know you are hyper busy as well. And we are making it work. And that is part of the deal, not only for this podcast, our pot, our multi-podcast episodes, but our running life as well. So here we are. We're making it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. 8 a.m. on a Friday morning. <laughs> there we go. All right. So we should give a shout out, first of all, to our presenting sponsor, Tracksmith. You can see, Carolyn can see, you can't see because this is a podcast and there's no video element to it, but I am wearing some Tracksmith gear right now. I will say it's hot. It's humid and hot mm -hmm. today. You know this because mm -hmm. you live about an hour away from me. Here in New England, it's hot and it's humid. So for me, the shirt that I'm going to be wearing on my run later today is the Van Cortland tee because that is the most breathable Tracksmith shirt that I own. It is not a new piece of apparel for them. It's actually the classic Tracksmith piece of apparel with kind of the diagonal stripe across the front. But when it's hot, when it's humid, that is always my go-to shirt. How about you, Carolyn? Do you have like a go-to when it's really, really sticky? Yeah. I was going to say the Van Cortland as well. Oh, Either the shirt we did or have, the We did tank. not say yeah. this ahead of time, people. <laughs> this was not scripted. <laughs> yeah. Or, I, I mean, I just ordered um, one of their Twilight. Is it the Twilight? Yeah. 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 The Twilight uh, tops. So that's like an even lighter weight, more breathable type of fabric that's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and they have some new colors out. And so I love how it's just, it almost feels like it's just like second skin. And it's very soft, very comfortable. Um, and I love that it doesn't smell bad. You know, like a lot of that dry, the old school traditional dry fit material, you sweat once in it and it's like, you got to immediately get it into the it wash. It never goes away. Otherwise, it never goes I away. know. I just don't, I don't know how to get that stuff out. But with the um, with the Twilight material and also with the Van Cortlandt, I have never had a problem with it smelling. Not that I just leave my sweaty clothes like <laughs> all bunched up. News, Carolyn you know? Sue does not wash her, her running attire. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so that's that is uh, those are my hot weather summer favorites. I love it. All right, so big shout out to Tracksmith. Use code for the love. <laughs> at tracksmith.com so you can either use tracksmith.com forward slash for the love or just use code promo code for the love and you will get five percent of your purchase order will go to our favorite charity the asians mental health collective which is doing wonderful wonderful work here uh across the country and just helping people who who need help and that's the that's the key to to philanthropy helping people who need help and feeling good about it also you're gonna get some good attires but also shout out they are partnering with Malcolm Gladwell for a podcast called Legacy of Speed. Great history of track kind of podcast. They, Malcolm Gladwell is fantastic. If people don't know this, you probably do. But he is an enormous running fan. And now he has a podcast miniseries dedicated to history of track and inclusion and people standing up for what they believe in. And it's just but at the same time. It's very track focused, which is really fun. Next, and he's doing a great job. So go check out Legacy of Speed. Not right now. Wait till after the podcast. Look at this podcast <laughs> first, please, people. But after, 
Legacy of Speed, it's good, actually, small, small snippets, about 25, 30 minutes per episode, similar to Revisionist History uh, from a length perspective and from a production quality perspective. So go check that out as well. So, Carolyn, how are you doing? Oh, gosh. It feels like such a complicated question these days. But if I'm just going to be like honest right now, you know, Friday morning again, like it's early, but I got my new favorite Starbucks drink. It's the salted caramel cream cold brew. Oh. Have you had this? Have you had any I of their? I haven't, but like... I'm all for salt. Salted caramel is one of my mm. favorite, my favorite flavors. Like all yes. my goos are salted caramel. Oh, me too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I already love that flavor combination. And I usually am just I, honestly like year round. It doesn't matter if it's like warm weather or cold weather. I'm just like a black coffee drinker. That's it. Like I make my coffee in the mornings. It's black. I don't like to have anything in it. But I just happened to stumble upon. Like I caved. I had stopped into Starbucks after a run with a friend last week. We were all hot and sweaty. And so I did not want to drink a hot drink. And I looked at one of the pictures. I totally fell for the marketing and promotions. But they had this like <laughs> enticing, beautiful picture of this salted caramel cream cold brew with like the water droplets coming down the side. And I was like, I have to try that. That looks refreshing. And it's so the, good. The drink is sweating. <laughs> the drink needs a Van Cortland t-shirt. It's sweating oh, yeah. in the hot weather. <laughs> yes. So anyway, so I'm having that. It's good. My kids and I are going to go to the beach later today. It'll be our first official summer beach trip. So yeah, thanks for recording early this morning just so that I can get my kids out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this that's, that's fun. Good for you guys. That's for yeah. sure. Actually, yeah, we'll do we'll do family jam right now because family oh, okay. jam is a segment yeah. we like to do in the podcast. We say that we call it family jam because it can be sweet, a sweet touching moment, or you're stuck in a jam. Yes, <laughs> can be a little tough. So it can go either way. Or hey, you know what? Some of these things they get a little bit of both. So um, our family jam, which wasn't terrible by any sense of the imagination, it actually was kind of sweet. Maybe a little bit of both. Was my daughter is at Girl Scout camp this week? It's a day camp, um, and she like really took to it. She was all about it, and um, and it was like you know you needed a ton of stuff every day. The bag had to be filled with all this gear, and you know you might not know what ha might happen. You need all these like. You need your lunch and you need your bug spray and you need your poncho and you need this and then this and then this. And then the last night, so last, so we're recording this on Friday morning. So on Thursday night, uh, one of the nice parts of the camp is you can, even for the day campers, you can choose to sleep over mm -hmm. the last night because it's kind of like a day camp and sleepover camp kind of melded into one. So there are kids who were sleeping there all week. So we are letting my daughter, let my daughter last night sleep over with a couple of her friends who are doing it as well. Oh, that's fun. This is her first time. Basically sleeping out anywhere. She's had some friends sleep over yeah, our house yeah. before, but besides sleeping in her grandparents' house, which she does all the time, this is her first time doing that. So she was pumped, but it was funny. Like I was joking because if someone was like witnessing her going out to the car yesterday morning <laughs> as she went to camp, getting ready to slay, stay over, and then also packing the stuff for Friday for all the camp stuff. So basically two days and one night, they would have thought that Callie was moving out and be like, all right, I guess the Chittums are, are going to be a one child family from now on. <laughs> she had so much stuff. Uh, it was wild. Kudos to her for, for helping pack it. And 
my wife was was assisting her with that, and it was quite the endeavor. That is for sure. Uh, but it was a it was a lot. But she was pumped, and it was kind of like a whole you know like a, a foundational moment of like, all right, she's doing the first sleepover camp yeah. moment, mm-hmm. and um, That's a she milestone. was she was really excited about it. So. Um, I'm assuming it went well. She actually, uh, I can I can make that assumption without it just being a complete shot in the dark because we actually bought her for her birthday, which was not that long ago, one of those Gizmo watches. Yeah, yeah, you ever yeah, seen yeah. those? So people mm-hmm. don't know is a Gizmo watch is basically like an Apple Watch, but it's like completely watered down for kids. So it's basically like they can call like ten people and they can like kind of like voice text ten people, and it has like a GPS tracker on it when it's on and stuff like that. So she had that in her bag. So if she needed to get a hold of us, it was in there. Um, and the app is great because I can see like everything she does to the point where like if she turns it on, it sends me a notification. If she turns it off, it sends me a notification. So I she'd never even bothered turning it on, which means either she's having a great time or she threw it in the lake by mistake. So we'll see. <laughs> I love that. What like, she doesn't even wear the watch. It's just like a device that she packed away. <laughs> well, I don't think she's allowed to wear it. I think it was. I think oh, okay. she, she, she's been wearing it plenty. Oh, I see. Plenty. I see. Okay. Yeah, so okay. She's, you know, like if someone came into our house, they'd be like, is your daughter just upstairs talking to herself? Like, no, she's probably talking to her grandparents through her phone or, whatever, or through her watch or whatever. Um, but no, I think that she probably just doesn't want to put it on because of like she might not be allowed to. And they're all kind of in and out of the water and all that stuff. But, um, you know, family jam moment. It was a, kind of like a little bit of a, a hard, hard a stuck jam kind of pack everything and getting it ready um and i'm not gonna pretend like i did that i was much more on uh on, on sun duty with with basketball camping doing other things around the house but it was it was a big lift but also sweet thing of like hey another, another step in the maturation yeah wait so then what is this girl scout camp like because to, you know it sounds the girl scouts that i know of growing up you know and also just that my daughter was involved in many years ago when she was in um kindergarten first grade it was mostly just arts and crafts things but is it different now like i never knew that girl scouts had these like week long camps where they have to be prepared for anything and everything that could happen has it changed now yeah i think as they get older the, the activities get more physical Oh, okay, okay. So, like, there's, like, an archery component. Basically, it just feels like any kind of, like, rural day camp is kind of what it is. Okay. All right? So, it's kind of like that rural, out-in-the-woods day camp. So, it is a Girl Scout camp, but I think that, you know, by any other name, it would be just a traditional day camp. It's like a camp. Okay. Okay. So, I think that's good what it is. I mean, it costs us a small fortune. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll tell you that. Like my son's basketball (laughs) camp was like a much easzier pill to swallow. (laughs) Like the the town basketball camp at the town high school. Um, but this was a a very different entity. But it's one of those things where like she's she's into it. She's been doing Girl Scouts for over a year now. So it's kinda like, all right, like this is not a fly by night endeavor. She wants to be in it. She's gonna be doing it next year. So it's kinda like, all right, we'll we'll save the money and and send her and she had a great time. That's the thing. It's like because she was because it was decamp except for the last night. We were able to see that she'd come home and she's like amped like every morning, which is very atypical for her. She's like she was like right out a to do list of what she needs to do ah. before camp. Like, what is whose child is this? This is not our child. Um, Callie is like extremely like loves big ideas. You can tell like she wants to run a business like she is very like I like, she's always coming with business ideas and like she's in it. 
right? She she wants mm, to do. I big wonder things. where she gets that from. <laughs> she is not she is not great on the details or the planning. Um, so it's kind of like I want to like run my own business, but I'm completely incapable of putting my dirty clothes in the laundry. So like, <laughs> she's you have, a like, visionary. This, I mean, know? in the hamper. I mean, she do the laundry. She's just, like, can you just put those dirty clothes in the hamper? Sure, Dad. Like, all right, I've said it 19 times now. I'm I'm serious. Can you please do it? Um, so it's kind of funny to see her like dive into like the prep. It's like, who is this? Who's doing this? This is amazing. Gosh. Oh, I love that. You're starting to see, you know, just your kids come alive in all these new and different ways. And they're growing into like their themselves and unlocking like new aspects of, of themselves. So that's really exciting. How about you? Ah, uh, let's see. Family jam, family jam. Well, I guess along the terms of camps, I mean, we really haven't planned for the longest time, my family, we didn't really um, enroll our kids in camps, mostly because, as you were saying, uh, it is not cheap. No, this <laughs> is our first year. Things. Our first year for both kids. <laughs> oh, for camps in general? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's always and it's for funny me. It's, it's, the same, it's the first time for both kids, and it's the same week. It's like, oh. this is it's, it's a lot of firsts going on around here. Yeah. What are you guys going to do for the rest of summer if it's no camps? Um. Well, we... Our, my in-laws have across the street and they have a pool. True, true. Oh, and it's like, well, there we go. <laughs> it's like just like joining a pool club where we live. Like there, they have the pool across the street. Like, let's do it. And my wife is like a huge beach person. Like she grew up going to the beach every day in the summer. Like that was just her deal. He, we, I live in Rhode Island. So we're in, the, we're in the ocean state. She lived 15 minutes from a really nice beach, like a beach that like people would vacation to. Like she didn't grow up like on like you know, on a house overlooking the beach, but like we're down small, man. Everything's pretty close together. So like she literally, you know, be able to take a you know quick drive down, you know, 15 minutes if there's no beach traffic, maybe an hour if there is. But you know, that was her thing. She she loves the beach. She loves being outside in hot weather. And um so the kids like it too. So not exactly my favorite thing <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but the kids love it too. So they're they do a lot of that. But we are talking about saving. Like we haven't gone anywhere in two and a half years. Like we've just yeah, been saving yeah, yeah. money. For That's two true. and a half years. Mm-hmm. So um, we're actually going to take our first family vacation in a long time um, to uh, we're going to Orlando. So we're <gasps> going to go half Fun. Disney, half yeah. Universal oh in my a gosh. couple weeks. Are you going to do Harry Potter World? Darn right we are. Yes. Oh, I'm so yeah, jealous. We're doing, the, <laughs> we're doing the whole thing, man. We're really excited. So um wow. The kids, the kids are pumped. I don't think it like has completely set in yet because they had like the, the camp thing that they were. Yeah, that was what was for next it. for yes. them. Mm-hmm. But next week, I think it's going to start kind of crystallizing. I'm like, hey, in yeah. a couple of weeks, we're going. This is going to be great. So, um, is this the first time y'all are doing Disney? Or have the kids ever gone to Disney World before? Um, my son doesn't remember. He was like. Oh two years old so this was this was a while ago this is five or six years ago um so my daughter vaguely remembers it okay because she was five so she was like just finished kindergarten or he was just going into kindergarten um and my son was was a toddler you know he was a toddler so he was just like you know he wasn't bumping around you know he was like crawling over to like goofy you know what i mean like so he's like you know we have like we have pictures he loves looking through videos but like he doesn't have any recollection of any of it so this will be the first time they're both of them are like I feel like we had I feel like we had to do it now because like again my daughter just turned ten like yeah her interest in that could wane very quickly so it's like mm-hmm. kind of like one of those like if we want to get the most out of it and this is something we actually want to do kind of now is the time yeah, to get it yeah, done yeah. where they're mm-hmm, both kind mm-hmm. of in the prime zone yeah 
where they would love it and it still feels very magical. I mean, although I I got to say, I think that Disney does a great job of still making it feel magical, regardless of what age. <laughs> yeah. There you go. How about you? Plug for Disney. Um, we are actually going to take an epic road trip <laughs> from Massachusetts to Texas. Hey, hey look at you going back to yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah. UT so, grad. Go I once. Know. <laughs> yeah, because we haven't been back since 2019. You know, our families are both uh, both there and the kids haven't seen their grandparents in a couple of years now. Wow. And now that we have a dog, we cannot. I mean, we Tomo. want to. Yeah, Tomo. <laughs> we we just yeah, we're going to bring him with us since we can't fly with him. And um, we have I don't think we can board him um, somewhere for like two to three weeks. So mm. we're going to make a big, uh, big trip out of it. And so um, I've been looking at all of these different like family, family road trip blogs and um, trying to plan what our route is going to look like. And I think I have a vague, like right now I have a general framework where when we're going down, we'll go we'll go along the the coast and hit up the big cities, you know, and kind of do like a historical thing. Or um, I don't think we're gonna stay for very long in New York City itself, just because it's I feel like logistically speaking, it's really difficult to like to to do that. But we'll go to DC, you know, stop into Philly, um, and then potentially, you know, like somewhere in the Carolinas. Um, and then maybe hit up Myrtle Beach and then cut over to New Orleans and then like get into the Houston area. Um, and then on our way back, I think we I want us to go through more of the national park route and go through, you know, like Appalachians or, you know, that kind and of that thing. route. You so. might be able to hit up Nashville, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Still a work in progress here. Mostly my work in progress <laughs> that I got to figure out. Um, and uh, but that's that's going to be our big summer thing. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And you're and you're like the remember the movie Road Trip. It's like one of the, like goofy comedies like of our like early. Is that 20s. the one with like Chevy Chase? That one? No, not not one of those. It's like oh, one of like okay. those stupid ones like Post American Pie. Same oh, kind of cast of characters. I, I think Tom vaguely... Green was in it. Okay. Okay. But like, no, the, the, I but like the <laughs> one of like one of like the primary like elements of the of the sh- of the of the movie was like this communication miscommunication of like whether someone was in Austin or Boston, and I always oh think like Carolyn Sue's both man. She's yeah. Austin and Boston. <laughs> this is this is, and now she's going on a road trip. Like this is yeah. road trip too. Carolyn Sue. <laughs> yeah. So stay tuned. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. It could be like amazing or it could be a disaster so either I have way a straw, it's probably you know. strongly entrenched in the middle of those two <laughs> yeah uh, either way i think it'll probably be, be a lot of both. a lot of amazing <laughs> a lot of disasters oh gosh so if anyone listening has any you know like tips for family road trip things to do please send them my way <laughs> i would appreciate it because right now i'm like i don't know we cannot be watching ipad things the entire time and I know we can get some audiobooks, but other than that, I'm kind of like, I have no idea what it's going to look like. And again, we're going to have our dog with us. So <laughs> and, and Tomo. Tomo's cute. No, he'll, he'll provide some entertainment. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. Let's talk about some running stuff. All yes. right. We're, we're, we're 19 minutes in. Right. Here we come. <laughs> um, so. What's going on with you right now? Like, I see all of your Strava posts and you're like. 
hit, your mileage is ex- increasing again. And yeah, yeah you what's know, going we're, on? We're, we're building up. Um, nothing amazing is happening. Um, you know, it's just kind of like a slow build in the 40s now for mileage, um, which is nice. You know, we'll, it, we, I mean, when we're on vacation, like it's going to be like, get in what you can get in. I'm not going to put any pressure on myself, frankly, to get it in. It's like, we're in Disney. I'm not going to be like, no kids, no rides. Dad has <laughs> like, to run. Like running loops know around your place. the teacup ride. Running comes first. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it'll be like, if I get running in, great. If I don't, great. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime vacation. I'm not going to stress about it. Uh, so I'm not worried about that. Hopefully get in some quality running before that, like basically a month full of, you know, four to five weeks full of like 40, maybe hit 50 miles. Um, what's your but mindset? It hasn't been like, like what, what is your mindset now? Like, are you, yeah. What's your mindset now coming off of, you know, I, I know you had a disappointing race. Uh, right. Well, with ago, Eugene, but... I, I, when I think back to Eugene, it was like, I just scheduled too much that week. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. I just, okay. I scheduled too much. I was just on with like the live shows and meeting with people and I got to the race day and I had no energy left. And it was like, oh man, what a waste. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, from a training perspective, I wouldn't change much building up to it. Um, now it's still the same, basically the same thing of like needing to just be consistent. So, um, you know, I'm at the point now where like the long runs are starting to get back to the two hour mark, which for me, like th- there is a mental block there. It can feel daunting. Um, also it's hard for me and I advise this with everyone I talk to, whether I'm coaching them or just, you know, people I like talking to about running. It's like going into these runs with the idea of like not having, not having pace pressure on Mm. yourself. Um, but like, and I feel like I don't, I don't even have pace on my watch. Like I just have overall time and I have overall mileage. I don't even have, and they're not even on the same screen. So I'm not like doing quick math the whole time. Right. So like I don't know my pace when I'm running, which is which is useful. But like I feel like I am like kind of self-judging the entire time. Like, how am I feeling? How am I doing? How am I doing? So I just need to be able to like go out and run and not like be constantly like, how is it going now? How's it going now? How's it going now? Kind of like how we are with injuries. Like, how's it feel now? How's it? Uh, Yeah. How's it feel now? Um, Mm -hmm. So I do get in that mode occasionally. And if I do that, it does potentially make the run less enjoyable, especially if it's like. You know, not everyone's above average. Numerically, that's impossible. Then the average would be shifted. Uh, but the the idea of if it's, if it's a slightly below average run and you're constantly like checking in on yourself and then you're constantly aware of it being, you don't feel quite as good or fresh or poppy as you would like to, then I feel like you can get in your own head. And that happened to me yesterday. And it was just kind of like, ugh. Like, it was supposed to be a long run yesterday. And I like, it just didn't have a great day out there. And I like, kind of was like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just make this like a, my my friday run i'll switch my long run to tomorrow right i did like the the internal rationalization which i ended up doing and i regret it but you know so i ended up running like eight and a half yesterday and like today i'll go run 14 which is it should have been the other way around um so i guess i gotta stay on top of it i guess is all and just try to keep keep my mind right i mean so if if this was one of your athletes like how would you respond to them like what would you tell them oh it's just kind of like one of the things like, hey, just go out and enjoy it. Like, why are you putting pressure on yourself? And it's, it's not even like I was putting pressure on myself. It was more just like, it did felt like, it was one of, it was one of those strange runs. I put this on Strava and like the Strava like um, write up was like, it was one of those strange runs where like, I because I don't know my pace, because I purposely don't have it on there because I don't want to be hyper aware of it all the time. I thought I was running way slower than I actually was. And that usually isn't the case. Usually it's like the other way around. Um so like I finished the run and I was expecting like, like I thought I was going super slow. I had to stop a couple of times to kind of reset. I'm like, why do I feel weird? Like this is weird. So after, so I turn off the watch, 
in my car, about to drive home. Look at it. Look at the splits. I'm like, what? This is like way faster than I thought I was going. And I'm like, in retrospect, I'm like, this is one of the rare moments where I actually wish I had a pace on my watch. Usually, I think it, 99% of the time it helps not having it on there. This time I was like, if I had known that I was running like 820 pace the, like for the first six miles, I would have been like, oh, well, yeah. Like, yeah, maybe you're just not up running that pace today. That's fine. Let's just back it off. But I thought I was running like 940 pace. <laughs> so it's like, for me, it was like, you know, this this is feeling way harder than it should. Think something's like just not quite right. Maybe today's not your day. Yada, 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 yada. In retrospect, it, none of those things were true. I just had a bad sense of how fast I was going. And what are you going to do? But I think it, it does bring to bear the fact that, like, just stick with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like don't, no no need for constant self-analysis, I guess. Oh, okay. So it was that you were going a lot faster than what you thought. And that's why you were feeling more tired than expected. And so because yeah. you were feeling tired, you were also then like telling yourself that maybe it was just an off day. So then that's why you stopped. And so now you're frustrated <laughs> that yeah. you stopped. So <laughs> Yes, exactly. God. Afterwards, I was like, like, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like Anchorman, like milk was a bad choice. Like oh, stopping gosh. was a bad choice. It's not, no. I'm bringing out some really old movie references here, but uh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, you wouldn't have known that. And today is a new day. And so then like knowing what you know now, like what is your mindset going into your long run today? Just just run the damn miles. (laughs) Right? Turn off your brain. Mm. Run them. Run them. Yeah. It doesn't matter the pace. Just run them. So um, what do you do to turn off your brain? Like, do you listen to podcasts too? When you're running or do you just listen to I music do. or I do. I do listen to podcasts. Yeah, for sure. Unless I'm unless I'm running on trails, uh, which I don't listen to anything because I just need to be focused. Cause as you know, the trails around here are so can be so technical that I can't be multitasking in my brain. I need to be focused. Yeah. Uh, not just for safety, but like if I do that, I just run slower too. Cause I'm just mm-hmm. I'm inherently more hesitant as yeah. opposed to like being locked in and getting some sign of flow and groove going. So um but yeah, that's that's kind of how it's going. How about you? Mm, okay. Um, I'm not sure if we talked about this last time, but, um, I kind of like messed up my knee a little bit. <laughs> we did not. We actually were talking about quite the opposite. Like she's back. She's feeling <gasps> oh, good. Gosh, Matt, I constantly feel like I'm broken <laughs> and maybe I'm just aging too. But, um, I, I, because, um, I took basically it was like two to four weeks um, because of COVID, you know, uh, I had two to four weeks of about inactivity. (laughs) And uh, I think the older I get, the quicker my muscles lose tone and, um, and strength. And maybe, maybe part of that is in my head. um, But I really, it just takes me a, a lot longer to kind of like, get back into the, I don't know, the feeling of strength, I guess, that um, that I previously had. And so it's not like I, after COVID, I just like dove right in and started like running a whole bunch of miles and doing a lot of speed work. It really was still very like, it was a very moderate um, entry back into running. But even with that, I think because I hadn't been keeping up with my PT exercises or strength work because I was so tired, you know, um, that, uh, I think all of that just kind of accumulated into something happened. I don't even know what, but something happened. I kind of tweaked my knee. Um, 
and it like this little discomfort um, didn't go away. And then I went on a couple of more trail runs, probably didn't probably wasn't the wisest thing to do trail runs, but um, I wanted to. And so I went out there and then um, I came back from a trail run like my knee just really hurting. So I had to go back in um, to my physical therapist, got things assessed. And it seems just like a minor, a very minor meniscus injury. But I I just still I had to be really, really careful. Um, so it's been a little bit, um, I guess, I, I yeah, it's been a little bit frustrating because my runs right now are just like 30 minutes, easy paced running, you know, <laughs> and a slow build up again of doing um, a lot more strength work, doing a lot more time on the bike once again. And I'm just trying to keep my mindset and perspective. Um, I don't know. I just keep trying to reframe, you know, instead of feeling like, oh, why am I so broken? You know, that kind of thing. But just reframing to, okay, I'm learning to, you know, take assessment of all the different factors in my life, um, even outside of running, because, you know, stress is stress. And we just constantly, I think as parents in general, we just constantly have a lot of things going on. <laughs> um, and so just having to recognize and honor my body's needs, whether it is for rest or getting enough sleep or nutrition, all of these factors. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> that that we never I never really had to, like, be as serious at paying attention to in the past. I'm just doing that a lot more now. Um, two days ago, I went on another easy pace run with a few strides at the end and everything felt great. I felt strong. But then later that afternoon. It's like my knee got angry and that kind of sent me a little bit into a spiral, just a little. I was like mad texting my coach and my physical therapist um, because my knee just hurt really badly yesterday to the point where like even on the bike, I could feel discomfort. So I only rode on the bike for 30 minutes um, and I just rested and I was like kind of kind of low-grade panicking. But then this morning, you know, I got a good night's rest. And this morning, everything is fine. So then I had to text my PT again and be like, sorry for being dramatic, but so I feel no more, no, so, so is there a new rule, like no more text messages within 10 minutes of pain? Realize, give me at least 24 oh hours. Gosh. So I don't know. I'm trying not to feel like I'm <laughs> crazy. But um, yeah, so... Nothing super exciting happening here. I'm just hope I'm just wanting to get to the end of July healthy because I'm gonna need to start training for Chicago. Um, Boom. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to get healthy for that. Yeah. All right, we're gonna talk about some running media stuff in a second. Okay. Uh, before I have to go bring my son yes. to basketball camp, but before we do, diverse we run feature. Who we got, <laughs> Carolyn Sue? Well, so I was thinking th again. I say this every single time. That is so difficult <laughs> to pick someone. Um, but we, should, we, should, we need to pre-record a disclaimer. We can just audio insert it. Like, 
from you know you know like the, like the, the lawyers at like the end of an ad where they talk like oh, yeah. three times fast and they give like the disclaimer we're like what well, does audio insert it? the carolyn sue i love everybody disclaimer <laughs> i don't want to single anybody out but this is a really cool story i love everybody <laughs> um so this one is feature 141 sarah lodi and um she is from pakistan and she currently lives overseas um in the united arab emirates and so i gotta be honest like i really didn't I didn't know much about this region um, and culture. So, uh, you know, writing up her story, I I had to do a little more research and understanding, you know, like all of her references. Like I didn't want to make assumptions on like w- who is from where and like which culture is what and all of that stuff. But anyway, all that to say, um, I really appreciated how she shared, you know, culturally speaking, um, in Pakistani culture, I think there is still uh, kind of a, I guess you could say, traditional gender role um, mindset. And so it was really um, countercultural for her to want to be an athlete um, or even just participate in sports. And um, she had shared how uh, when she first started running, people would make comments asking her, oh, does your husband allow this? You know, or they'd make fun of her for um or even like having the desire to run, feeling like that's like a man's thing to do, to compete and to be athletic. But the thing is, for her, um, growing up, her dad was the role model for her and her siblings because her dad was the one who encouraged them to try all of these different sports and activities. And because of that, that empowered and enabled her to um, try, like break through, you know, um, this barrier and like, try new things as an adult and con- and continue now, you know, to participate in the sport and be a role model to um, to women and men, you know, to like break these um, gender cultural stereotypes. So I appreciate her story, even if I mean, I appreciate her story because it just goes to show how once again, it's like representation matters and representation in the way that like not necessarily saying that you need to have someone who's like exact who looks exactly like you doing these things but um if you don't have someone to show you what is possible then like you can't you don't know what you don't know and it, if it weren't for her dad like i don't know like if she would have um discovered sports and like had the wherewithal to continue to persist and in- endure you know um amidst like all of the all of the other, I guess, challenges. So, yeah, feature one forty one, Sarah Lodi. I love it. Good for her getting yeah. out there and, ma- and making it happen. And you know, it's also a great example of like, even if there's like larger systemic issues, that you can help somebody with like a little. It's just a little bit of support, but localized and really, really strong support. But you know, that minimal, like that that one to one support, even in a larger, um, tough societal area can be enough to maybe just get someone just over the edge of, you know, discomfort or un- or feeling unsafe about something and not physically unsafe. Like, you know, she's not going in harm's way, hopefully not going into harm's way, but just the, the, the mental, the mental and emotional, you know, safety to say, Hey, you should give this a try. You know, if, if this is something that you really want to do. And, and, um, that's good for her for taking and for, for going after it because that can be shoot. That can, I can imagine that being so tough. And I was just talking to Hiba Hefsi on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and she had a similar story about, you know, here's a woman who's like 
freaking brilliant. And like, she is like absolutely electric. Like you can't listen to that podcast or talk to her without being like, oh my God, this person's like amazing. Like, holy cow. Like within, within 30 seconds of her talking, you know, she graduates high school at 16, graduates medical school, like at 21. Like she, she's insane. And yet like her husband and dad were like, you shouldn't be running your mother. Mm-hmm. What are mm-hmm. you doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, you know, she had to divorce her husband, you know, and I'm sure that was probably one of the, you know, the, that led, you know, obviously that's like the canary in the coal mine to maybe some bigger issues. But like in her, it's funny because like her father now is like her biggest running advocate. Mm-hmm. You know, like you had like kind of this, this certain vision before. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, kind of like after a while, you know, you know, they say like, you know, you need you know, lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Like kudos to him for like at least being like, hey, like, yeah, you know, what? I was wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you were right. I was wrong. And that's, that can be hard for us to do sometimes, especially when there's entrenched values or, you know, traditions. And, uh, and hey, both of these people, you know, good for them for, for going after what they want and, you know, making the most of whatever opportunities they had. And, and good for you for sharing it because hopefully you can help other people. Yeah. So, yeah, it just really speaks to how it, I, I think men play such a big role as well in empowering women. So. That's another takeaway. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, it has, it's, it's an it's a everybody issue. Yeah. All right. Last thing we want to talk about before we get going is, hey, running media coverage. So very recently, I've been so excited about some live broadcasts that I've been watching over uh, on YouTube, uh, both Broken Arrow, Trail Races, Trail Race Weekend for Broken Arrow, they had a couple different a couple different races. They had the vertical K, they had the 26K, they had the 52K. And in addition to that, we had Western States last weekend, right? The Super Bowl of trail running. Uh, in addition to that, just one of the biggest running races of the year, no matter what kind of running you like. Uh, so that was an enormous weekend or two weeks for me in terms of uh, back-to-back weekends, watching that online, spending a lot of time in front of the screens, family wondering what I was watching. Really confused why I was watching it and was not engaged at all in terms of wanting to watch it with me. However, I thought it was captivating. Kudos to Dylan Bowman, uh, Corinne Malcolm for hosting both broadcasts. Uh, I know um, Sally McRae and Billy Yang actually ha- stepped in at Western States to give them a break during the middle of the night. And they did a great job. And kudos to the entire production team. Doing these things is incredibly difficult, which is why they're new right now. Because the technology, the that, that, that's needed for some of this stuff, a lot of the drone stuff that works uh, before just getting cell coverage in parts of the Western States um, course was like, you just don't get cell coverage there, right? So how are you going to broadcast a live, um, you know, a live sporting event if you can't even like get a cell phone uh, signal? So a lot of the stuff technologically wasn't able to happen years ago. Now it's happening. Uh, some people are comparing it to like the UTMB coverage. It's a little different. Some of these places are just more remote. Um, and it's just harder to get service. Um, and these teams are very lean that are putting on these productions. And I have found them to be unbelievably compelling. The, it's just really good stuff. And I think part of the reason that I love it is, you know, there's so many reasons, but the landscapes are amazing. So seeing what, you know, what, where these people are running, especially Broken Arrow. I mean, my gosh, you watch a sky race, you're like, holy cow, this is amazing. It's like watching, like, you almost watch like David Attenborough to like do the narration, like, like the Planet Earth documentaries that you see on Netflix. And it's just so beautiful. And then um, you see that element. Watching elite athletes do elite things, I think no matter the sport is always compelling. Just seeing elite 
people doing anything, right? Music, you know, whatever. That's always compelling, especially you can get a really good view of how they're doing it. That can be kind of a transcendent thing. And also these broadcasts, especially Western states, was able to tell the dedicated amateur runner story in addition to the elite story and not just tell the story, but show it and present it in a way like you have the golden hour at Western States, which is like people trying to make the 30 hour cutoff. And that is unbelievably compelling, especially in person. But you get that sense on when you're watching it through the live stream as well. And I thought their their ability to bring everything out in terms of the course, which I know is technologically very difficult, getting the the stories of the elites and then also being able to capture what this course and what this event means for everyday runners who are doing extraordinary things in their own right. I thought it checked all the boxes and I was just blown away. And it makes me like wonder like, hey, what else can we watch here? And how else can we change some of the other broadcasts? Like you watch New York City Marathon, the Boston Marathon on TV. It's really well done, but it's also very, very prepackaged. It's also very heavily focused on the elites, which it makes sense. You're probably having something at NBC. You, those are the people who are driving the broadcast. And I would never, you know, I would never say anything different, but it does, I think, present a but what else can we do for the back of the pack here maybe that's not like on the full nbc broadcast channel maybe like after like the two and a half hour mark after both the men's and women's leaders come through then you switch over to like nbc plus to watch like the next two hours of coverage or things like that but what else can they do to showcase the everyday runner element here which is you know if you've attended boston marathon you're, you're there in person. It's it's a compelling piece to the finish line experience, but it's not a compelling piece to the broadcast experience. And it makes me wonder how, um, again, this isn't a shot at, at those broadcasts, but it makes me wonder like, hey, maybe we can improve this and use what we've seen uh, elsewhere to inform us how we can make those kinds of broadcast decisions. Yeah. You know, our mutual friend, Remy, or yeah. uh, his Instagram is Remy Be Real. Um, that's what uh, he was speaking exactly into that that segment where um, at the Boston Marathon, you know, he set up uh, his camera equipment and every and tripod and everything, and uh, to record and have interviews with. Well, it wasn't like he was stopping runners to interview them, but like people who. Um, were running by and like kind of taking walking breaks. He would like walk alongside them and cheer them on and um, all to go on his YouTube channel to kind of just like share the story and the journeys of um, the non-elite runners uh, in the whole race experience. And so, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that there is a there is a I don't want to say market for that. That makes it sound very um, commercial, but. No, but it's true. But yeah. That's exactly that is the right word for it. Like you can, you can, just because it's the right word doesn't mean like people <laughs> have to have like a, have a you know uh, distaste for. It. But you know, it, I feel like there is. I mean, it's why people listen to this podcast is those kinds of stories. Um, you know, I think you have to be kind of like spontaneous if you're a broadcaster. It's like you're not going to know everyone's background story, yeah. right? Yeah. And and things like that. But you can you can get a sense of the finish line experience. And maybe you can like have some people who've gone through that dedicated image runners like join the broadcast. This is how I felt when I was coming down this road or, or this corner, right? And things like that. And it can be like, hey, we have the, the the video feed of people doing amazing things and not zoomed out, zoomed in, right? So you can see the agony or whatever emotions are being expressed. And then in a conjunction to that, because you're not gonna be able to be like, hey, there's Tiffany Ashton from 
you know, Salt Lake City coming in and, oh, wait till you hear what she did last year. Like, they might not have that kind of detail for an amateur runner, but you can have, like, the audio of, like, other dedicated amateur runner who's experienced this before tell their story over the top of what hopefully can be some compelling video. And maybe you, the combination of that can be something that you can get the full experience. Yeah, well, I got to say, I know we're... We need to wrap this up. But along those lines, um, this is exactly something that, um, you know, our friend Mary Johnson and I uh, were thinking about. And um, can I segue into this topic? Okay. (laughs) This is really exciting. So um, each of us, uh, I mean, uh, independently, we had um, thought about this idea of like, what if we put together a team. And for me, of course, my focus is on like amplifying and pro- providing more accessibility for um, athletes who are people of color, right? So I've I was already thinking of like what if we put together a diverse we run team to run a trail race um or any kind of race and then we like tell stories, you know, and get coverage on that um, and have people like share their journeys of um, training, of preparing. Like, what does that look like? I mean, that's kind of the whole intention also behind Diverse We Run in general. It's to um, to share and show how um, a person's experience in running is influenced and impacted, right? Like by our cultural no- norms, background, and our race. Um, and so that would be cool to like share this journey uh, for a specific race. And um, but for me, I lack the coaching um, expertise and knowledge, right? Like I can like gather the people, but then I would have to, I I was like, okay, I got to find sponsorships. I got to like find partnerships to connect with like providing a coach or a dietitian or like people to provide gear, all of that stuff. Um, In the meantime, I didn't know this, but Mary was having the same idea um, with her lift run perform coaches as well. And, you know, they've worked on, these amazing projects um, in the past, you know, like with coaching a group of women to qualify for the Olympic trials and um, breaking three and uh, hours in the marathon and all of this. Um, And now I know that they've just, they're like, they just formed their teams for um, helping women uh, qualify for Boston. And um, so their, their coaches are, I mean, already like very excellent and very good at what they do. Um, But she felt like, what she lacked was the network um, and like getting the word out to people. Um, so our mutual friend, Stephanie Flippin, uh, just connected us. Um, a great person. I was texting yes. with Stephanie last night. Doesn't get yes. better than Stephanie Flippin. <laughs> so Mary and I jumped on a call together and um, and we realized that, hey, you have this idea. I have this idea. Like, why don't we join forces? And why don't we do this together? So that's what we're doing. And right now we're in the process of getting together, you know, like lining up um, sponsorships and support because we really, I feel, you know, very strongly about if we're going to want to make this accessible for people, then like we need to cover everything. Like I want it to be all inclusive. I want it to be where we like we can get people sponsoring like travel, you know, hotel stay, shoes, nutrition, everything so that people only need to focus on like training, you know, right. and I yeah. love this. I love so, this. So is this, is this like a tuned. save the date? Is this a save the date? We don't have any specific details yet about what to do or is there something you want to share of like where to go? 
So we will have we'll have applications um, open soon. Okay. So stay just stay tuned. tuned. Yeah. All right. For the love of the run. Thank you so much, Carolyn Sue, and thank you everybody. I gave you a bad code earlier. The code for Tracksmith is love of the run, not for the love. I was wrong. I was so I didn't wrong. catch that either. Love Sorry. of the run. Thank you, everybody, and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.